I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Dobry večer and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Doe. Welcome to the Bohemian Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. On tonight's episode, we will examine the special relationship between the 15th century's mysterious alchemist of legend, Johannes Faust, and his legendary relationship with the city of Prague. Now, I say legendary because most of the stories related to Faust and Prague were just that, legend. As a matter of fact, the actual existence of the man we know from these tales could very well have been a German myth from the early 15th century. Nevertheless, Faust's name is connected to Prague through several legends and for the house named for him at 502 Karlovo Square. Throughout its existence, the Faust house had held some of the well-known alchemists and inventors, such as Edward Kelly and Ferdinand Antony. Occult legends surround the residence to this very day. The original legend of Faust is a German one from the early 1400s, and it goes a little something like this. Faust is bored and depressed with his life as a scholar. After a failed suicide attempt, he calls on the devil for further knowledge of magic powers so he can indulge all the pleasures and knowledge of the world. In response, the devil's representative, Mephistopheles, appears. He makes a bargain with Faust. Mephistopheles will serve Faust with his magic powers for a set number of years. They say 24 years, one for each hour of the day. But at the end of the term, the devil will claim Faust's soul, and Faust will be eternally damned. I guess you can see that any connection to Faust would not be a very happy one, not even at House 502 on Karlovo Square. As our listeners may know, my co-host Travis Dow is the creator of the podcast called The History of Alchemy. Tonight we welcome his listeners to the Bohemian Podcast as we make the connection of the Faust legend to the mystical city of Prague. Travis, you have the floor. Today's another episode I've been kind of wanting to do for a long time, but it's now it's kind of timely. There's a... Um, some events that, that happen that, that make this kind of relative. I got a link. Um, the link is from the Mitteldeutsche Zeitung, which is the translated as the central German newspaper, basically, a newspaper in Germany. And the link was sent to me by Der Budler, who is a host of, a, of two German podcasts. One's an archaeological podcast called Angegraben, and the other one is a podcast of historical curiosities, like interesting artifacts and knickknacks and whatever from the past called Das Geheime Kabinett, like the secret cabinet. And he sent this to me, and um, I went to go visit him in, in Wittenberg. But basically, in the article, um, it talked about a discovery of 500-year-old shards of glass that when they were doing their research or kind of investigation, it soon dawned on them 
that what they were researching were the oldest known alchemical vessel remnants from Central Europe. But it gets even better. And, and I have to back up a little bit and explain this. So um, the interesting aspect of this find is that it happened in Wittenberg. Now, Witt Wittenberg is Luther's hometown. And listeners of the History of Germany podcast will know that I went to Wittenberg to hunt down Der Budla, the, the host of those shows. I remember when you went. Yeah, yeah. And, and he lives there, and he actually works in the Luther house. So we walked past their Faust house. I say the Wittenberg Faust house or their Faust house because there are several. There's several in southern Germany. There's one in Prague. Um, and he hinted National Geographic had been in town, and cool stuff was afoot. Okay, and that's all he could tell me. And I, I was like, what? You know, there's a little plaque saying, you know, Johann Georg Faust lived here and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? So the National Geographic Channel or the magazine? Did, did yes. They, yes, all of the above. Yeah. Oh, cool. And, um, but, but it was the German version of it. Like I was looking. So now there, you can go online and look for National Geographic, Faust, whatever, and you'll see stuff. Um, also, including the stuff mentioned in the article um, about the 500-year-old shards of glass. I only found results in German. So I think this was like German journalists going there for National Geographic and doing German articles. I didn't, I didn't see anything in, in, for the English yet. Um, but regardless, like according to that MZ article, when they were researching those sh glass shards, they came across traces of antimony on the glass and then partially melted pieces of antimony itself. And that, now that should ring a bell because like we mentioned in the Basil, Basil Valentine episode that he might, that he possibly described it. And if he did, he was the first, which that's kind of a controversial view, but, but really interesting. And in fact, we could probably do a whole show on antimony because antimony is like this metalloid is just really interlinked with alchemy. So like basically if gold has lead impurities, antimony would bond with the lead and get the gold out. So it purifies the gold. Anyways, like, okay, so they, they also found mercury residue on the glass. And after some 2,800 hours of putting these glass shards back together, the result was some seven distillation vessels 12 retorts, several condensers and other glass vessels, alembics, retorts, okay, like the whole nine yards. And so the alchemist lab was dated to 1532. That date's important. And they also found the skull of a small dog um, that had been heated, burnt, whatever, um, so part of some experiment. They couldn't tell exactly what the experiment was or what was the point of, but it was a skull that was heated. But there's something even more going on here. 1532, Faust lived in that city at that time. So potentially, this is controversial, I'm not going to say that's Faust's alchemist lab, right. but potentially that's Faust's alchemist lab. So that is just like, wow, that is crazy. Like, what the heck? Here, here's a figure that is, you know, more legend than, fa than, than fact. Um, so again, let's, let's kind of, I want this episode to be about Faust. So let's, let's back up and talk a little bit about um, who he was and the Faust legend. There were real people named Faust and there were um, real mentions of him in his lifetime. And then as soon as he died, many legends grew out of this and, and um, some of these common themes of the various legends came together in uh, Goethe's Faust in the 19th century. Okay, so I, I want to cover all that. I just want to kind of want to lay the groundwork of where we're going because there's, there's a lot of stuff here. So, you know, Travis, we, we look at this and, and, and in previous podcasts, we've talked about that there's been this, uh, you know, uh, animosity between Martin Luther and Faust. And we kind of will get into that tonight about those reasons. But really, Martin Luther mentioned Faust a few times 
basically uh, one saying that Faust was a servant of the devil. So no, no punches pulled here. Uh, they supposedly even met at least once, and, and Luther did not want to shake his hand. Well, you know, because of the whole evil rubs off when shaking hands, of course. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that was something he wanted to stay away from. Um, I got so excited about the, the possible discovery of his actual lab that I realized I never actually did a show on him, which he's been on my list well, since, talked the, about him since the times. beginning. We yeah. mentioned him. Yeah, he came up kind of in the section at the end of the show when we mentioned like, like works of fiction or whatever when they mentioned certain things. Um, we mentioned Goethe's Faust once, at least once, and there was a couple other times when he came up in works of fiction along with other alchemists, and I don't remember off the top of my head, but definitely um, like in some graphic novels or whatever, if you see like Basil Valentine, then there's Faust or, or somebody, you know. So let's start to kind of know about the, the legend aspect of, of Faust, and here's some basic uh, sort of high points here. The most famous aspect is that Faust made a pact with the devil to gain more knowledge. Mm -hmm. He's not really satisfied uh, with his life as a scholar. In some of the earlier legends, he tries to commit suicide but fails. As a final attempt to better his lot, he calls on the devil to strike a famous bargain. His soul for happiness, riches, and even magic powers, along with knowledge of this life. The devil sends Mesistopheles to work out the details. Mesistopheles sticks around as his guide after this. In Goethe's version, Mesistopheles helps Faust seduce a beautiful innocent girl named Gretchen. What else, of course? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that made sense. Uh, who, suffers, who suffers as a consequence. Obviously, in return for the benefits of this world, the devil takes him off to hell in the end of the story. Not in, in Goethe's version, though. There he finds redemption. Yeah. So that, that's kind of, those are kind of the, the common themes of the legends. There, there's a lot of variation, but that's, that's the gist of it. Like, even in his lifetime, like I said, Luther mentioned him a few times. So that's something interesting that um, Luther said he had an uncle in Wittenberg, and that's why he came to Wittenberg. In most legends, and even the actual, there is a real person named Johann Georg Faust, um, and he lived in southern Germany. So most cities that claim to be the home of Faust are in southern Germany um, and also Krakow, weirdly enough, because that's where he supposedly studied. But in his lifetime, or shortly after his lifetime, mo mostly shorter, shortly after his lifetime, there was a lot of published works that deal with him and go into legend very quickly. So Goethe's version, Mephistopheles, makes a bet with God. He says that he can lure God's favorite human being, who is Faust, who is striving to learn everything that can be known, that he can lure him away from righteous pursuits. The next scene takes place in Faust's study, where Faust, despairing at the vanity of scientific, humanitarian, and religious learning, turns to magic for the showering of infinite knowledge. Okay, He suspects that his attempts are failing, and frustrated, he kind of starts pondering suicide. In the last minute, he kind of rejects the idea when he hears echoes of nearby Easter celebrations, right? Now, he goes for a walk with his assistant, Wagner, and is followed home by a stray poodle. Now, the poodle is interesting, and this is why I mentioned that they found a, a, a skull of a small dog. Oh, that's right. The, okay. Yeah. 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 So, because <laughs> the, the poodle is, like, famous in this story. So, anyway, so um, a poodle in, in German at that time just meant, like, a, a medium to big-sized dog, like a sheep dog, not necessarily what we think of as the breed, the breed of, of poodle. poodle. Yeah. Right. But so in Faust's study, the poodle transforms into the devil, actually Mephistopheles, and Faust makes an arrangement. 
So the devil will do everything that Faust wants while he is here on earth, and in exchange, Faust will serve the devil in hell. Now, there's all this back and forth and dialogue and everything in, in Goethe's version, but um, basically, Faust's arrangement is that he, if, if he is pleased enough with anything the devil gives him, that um, he, he kind of wants to stay in that moment forever, um, then he will die in that moment. Okay, now Gretchen, rem remember Gretchen? Right, the, the girl that was in the story. Gretchen, actually. So with, info from the, with influence from the devil, Faust seduces Gretchen, and Gretchen's mother then, kind of as a consequence, like, but, but as a follow-up, Gretchen's mother dies from a sleeping potion administered by Gretchen to obtain privacy so that Faust could visit her. Okay? Then Gretchen discovers she's pregnant. Then Gretchen's brother condemns Faust, challenges him, and falls dead at the, hounds, at the hands of Faust and Mephistopheles. Then Gretchen drowns her illegitimate child and is convicted of murder, okay? And then Faust tries to save Gretchen from death by attempting to free her from prison. She refuses to escape, and Faust and the devil flee the dungeon, while voices from heaven announce that Gretchen shall be saved. The and this is, is, this is in one of the versions, <laughs> and in the other versions, she's, she dies as a consequence. So, and, and Faust, and then in, in, in many versions... Um, so Faust wanders off to heaven, and Goethe, I mean, Faust gets carried off to hell when he dies, and Goethe's version, I, I think in part two, he is redeemed. Is this so, supposed to be like an Antichrist story, because an issue of the devil giving it's, birth it's, to Gret? It's a, it's a pretty strong moral tale. Okay. Just like, you know, don't, don't long for, and Goethe took the alchemists as an example, because, because alchemists are kind of the embodiment of the idea of gaining forbidden knowledge or opening Pandora's box or disturbing what they what should not be disturbed that you know that kind of thing um, so yeah so Faust just used that like this this archetype of the alchemists to you know get his idea across in this moral tale but also for the year 1506 there was a record of Faust appearing as a performer of magical tricks and horoscopes in, in Gellahausen over the following 30 years, there are numerous similar records that spread over all of southern Germany. Faust appeared as a physician, doctor of philosophy, alchemist, magician, and astrologer, and was often accused as a fraud. The church denounced him as a blasphemer in league with the devil. Kind of see a theme here, don't you? Uh, here are some of these things that were said about the actual guy, some bad and some just plain interesting. He boasted blasphemously of his powers, even claiming that he could easily reproduce all the miracles of Christ. In 1507, Tritemius alleges that he received a teaching position in Tychian, which he abused by indulging in sodomy with his male students, evading punishment by a timely escape. Again, who knows if this is just like accusations to kind of stoke the flames of his heresy seen, or we've whatever. We've also seen that before in the we've past. We've seen that a lot, right? Yep. You know, people make enemies and then, you know, there's outrageous stories. And say he's a sodomite and then, or yeah. in league with the devil. So There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's also a that a certain Georgios Faustus Helmitius Heidelbergensis, and Helmitius is like the demigod of Heidelberg, kind of, uh, is, he was overheard of like having vain and foolish boasts in an Erfurt inn. Um, so just, you know, one more thing that was kind of spread about him is just, he, just his vain and foolish boasting. And then in 1520, Faust was in Bamberg doing a horoscope for the bishop and also a horoscope for the town, for which he received the sum of 10 golden. So just a, a story of, you know, this guy going by the name of Faust, doing horoscopes, whatever. And in 1528, Faust visited 
Ingolstadt, uh, where he was banished shortly thereafter. In 1532, he seems to have tried to enter Nuremberg, according to an unflattering note made by the junior mayor of the city, to quote-unquote deny free passage to the great necromancer and sodomite Dr. Faust. So someone, someone in 1536 recognizes Faust as a respectable, as a respectable astrologer, and physician Philip Begardi of Worms, which is another Luther city, um, in 1539 praises his medical knowledge. And the last direct attestation of Faust dates to the 25th of June, 1535, when his presence was recorded in Münster during the Anabaptist Rebellion. Faust's death is dated to 1540 or 1541, and he allegedly died in an explosion of an alchemical experiment in the Hotel zum Löwen, like the Hotel to the Lion, in Staufen im Breisgau. And his body is reported to have been found in grievously mutilated state, which is interpreted to the effect that the devil had come to collect him in person by his clerical and scholarly enemies. There are, on my ghost tour, there are stories that mirrored that um, in Prague. Like no one had heard from the alchemist for a while, and their rent wasn't paid. And when they went to go check on them, so in alchemy, explosions happen, right? And they would find holes in the ceiling from these explosions, and all the alchemists were gone. Because basically what, what happened was they skipped town. They just ran out of money and couldn't pay rent. They're like, well, let's, let's get the heck out of Dodge. They're not going to get but, their, their, their deposit back. So they're, right. out, they're out. So they're like, we're out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But the landlords would come to collect rent and find the alchemists missing and see the holes in the ceiling and, said, and, and then would say, oh, well, the devil finally came to collect their souls. And those were the ghost stories that kind of spread around Prague. And gotcha. those were some of the stories that I would tell on my, on my tour. Um, there's one house in particular where... where that, that kind of story takes place. So same kind of deal. So he died in an explosion of an alchemical experiment in a hotel, and his body was mutilated. Then um, when they buried the body, or when they, when they placed him in a coffin, his body supposedly, here's one of the legends, is that his, his body kept turning face down. Even though they would turn him over, they would turn the corpse back on his back, then as soon as they left the room, the, the corpse would turn back so he was face down. And, this, and you know, so the legend is like, well, you know, he's, you know, he should be facing hell. So that's his natural state. So we can turn him on his back so he faces heaven. It won't help. He'll just turn back around. So um, those are all the stories of like his life and his, and his death and then post-death. But then, then you start getting a, a posthumous accounts, right? You know, some of his accounts that, of course, that he is studying in Krakow and Poland, uh, Faust had boasted that the victories over the German emperor in Italy were due to his magical intervention, so a little boastful there, of course. In Venice, he actually attempted to fly, uh, but was thrown to the ground by the devil. Yeah, that's why he was thrown to the ground. That's why. You know, it Not makes, gravity. It makes no, sense. The devil did it. <laughs> the devil did it. Yeah, he had been arrested in Battenberg um, because he had recommended that the local chaplain called Dostinius should uh, use arsenic to get rid of of his stubble. I'm sure that went well, too. Yeah. Uh, Dostinius uh, smeared his face with a potion, upon which he lost not only his beard, but also much of his skin. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> and, that's extremely effective. And, and anecdote uh, where it uh, says that he had heard from the victim himself, so probably over some cocktails. You know, yeah. Let me tell you this great story where I lost my why, skin. how I got my scar yeah. on my face here. Right. It'll probably look like seal. Faust! <laughs> Faust! <laughs> In light of, of, of records of uh, an activity spanning more than 30 years, it has been suggested that there were two itinerant magicians calling themselves Faust, one Georg 
active around 1505 to 1515, and the other Johann, active in the 1530s. Yeah, so that's where you get Johann Georg, Dr. Johann Georg Faust. Okay. P possibly. And then, um, yeah, he supposedly had an uncle living in Wittenberg, and hence the Faust house there. So there are some records of his uncle asking his nephew to come there. Um, there are many people with the last name Faust. So it's, this is what it's, makes it confusing. Yeah, so right. it makes it confusing. And then there's also Johann Fust, F-U-S-T, who lived roughly the same time, from 1400 to 1466, who was Johann Gutenberg's business partner. And then there's, so some stories, some people think that he was actually the real Faust. Um, so again, so, you know, many legends, more than one person for the inspiration for the legends, and, you know, that's how these legends get so big or, you know, larger than life. And to bring but, it a little closer to home, Travis, here in Prague, we also have something called the Faust House. Uh, which uh, we'll we'll mention here because you know we're we're actually right next to it and not yeah. a, few, a few kilometers away. It's up the road from Hooters. It, it, yeah, if, if you if you want. also the first defenestration. <laughs> but okay, but Hooters should we say that? <laughs> All right, near the first defenestration in Newtown. Okay, so um, under the rule of Rudolf II, astrologer Jakob Krusinek lived there with two sons of his own. The younger son killed the other one for alleged treasure hidden in the house. Yeah. In this Faust house, and, by the way. Uh, yeah, the Faust house, is, there's a lot of cool stories there. And uh, among other dwellers of the Faust house, there was also the famous alchemist Edward Kelly. And then also Ferdinand Antonin Mladota of Solopiski, whose chemical experiments, which again, led to these big explosions, making holes in the roof, scared people in the neighborhood. So there's, there's more than one building where the, the, there's that, basically the same story, okay. where there's the holes in the ceiling, so there's the Devil's House but in Old Town, um, which is kind of on the way to the, uh, it's not the Charles Bridge, it's the one one up, it's between the Charles Bridge and the Cherning Bridge, or the Cherny, Cherny Most. Cherny Most, Black Bridge, yeah. right. right. So, well, I got to ask you, on these tours, Travis, are, are there still holes that have been saved or like made? plastered over? Or, or been no. made in the roof to, been totally for tourists? Right, totally okay. renovated. Because we're talking so. hundreds of years at this point, so okay. <laughs> yeah, but Marotta's son was, was good not only at physics and chemistry, but also mechanics. And he actually astounded his visitors by a door opening itself, also a flying staircase, and also electric shock, shocks while touching the handle. So all these little parlor tricks at the time supposedly was in the Faust house. But probably the most eccentric uh, dweller of the Faust house was Karl Yenig in, this, in the 19th century. He had painted the walls with funeral texts. He had a, a functional gallows at the home and slept in a wooden coffin. A little bit creepy, yes. Uh, in his will, he wished to be put into the coffin with his face to the bottom, just like Faust. And again, yeah, exactly. So there's some repetition there too. But this guy was real. I mean, he actually lived there in the 19th century. Um, so yeah, that's... So it all kind of comes together. There's a lot of interwoven stories here. Um, even Faust never lived in Prague. I don't, you know, it's just called that because it was a famous alchemical house. Then you have the stories of Faust, and um, yeah, so it all comes together. Uh, Faust and that potential find and the potential link between them. It's really hard, it's really rare to say this room, this alchemical lab belonged to this alchemist. There are some examples like in the, in the um, around Prague, for instance, and um, also in Krakow or War Warsaw, right? Yeah, it, I mean there are a few, but specifically in Prague, few... we, we can actually point to the Black Tower at Prague Castle, right? Exactly, but they're yeah. mostly in castles or yeah. something. Which it's hard to say. Here's just a house on the street, and it belonged to one of the most known alchemists of all time. I mean, if you think alchemists, there's probably like three or four to come to mind. 
Faust is definitely, you know, a legend among alchemists. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks. Take care. You have been listening to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Doe. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, and review, and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas, and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com. Or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemian Podcast, thank you for listening. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.